Okay, so in today's Daily Side, we're going to talk to David Stitt. He's a business strategist with years of experience helping to grow brands like Gillette, Oral-B, uh, Duracell, Braun, Hershey's, Reese's, Twizzlers. Uh, we're going to be talking about kind of different things you need to look at in the COVID-19 pandemic and just understand how to protect your business brand. So it's a lot of great information. Uh, if you own a business and you're just looking at how to protect your brand through the COVID-19 pandemic. This is a great podcast for you. So let's hack at it. I'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, USADO. USADO is a Canadian-based cybersecurity company that provides 24-7 cybersecurity support and compliance service that align their customers' tolerance for risk, their clients, suppliers, and government contractual mandates. Yosato's teams focus on using insights to drive business decisions. There's no need to leave strategies to chance when insights can be used to show what changes need to be made and how to make them. Yosato offers multiple services to help companies simplify IT, centralize cybersecurity management, and meet compliance standards. Yosato can customize their service to work with your existing IT network and programs. For more information, contact USADO at info at uzado.com or visit their website at www.uzado.com. Okay, so on a personal note, I actually talked to the president of USADO and just to kind of figure out what was going on through the COVID-19 pandemic and what what his thoughts were. And right now, USADO is offering cybersecurity consultations pro bono to help companies right across North America protect their network to secure everything, just answer any questions they may have, you know, look at phishing security awareness programs, breach readiness, uh, breach response, remote user uh, assessments, policies, procedures around remote access and user agreements, vulnerability scanning, remediation and threat risk analysis, just really kind of talking about what's going on. And the reason why they're doing this and why Sean is, is leading this charge is because he understands how hard it is for, for business right now you know, closing down, laying off staff, the economy. He just wants to help and he wants to make sure that everyone that is running a business right now is as secure as possible because the level of attacks in cybersecurity right now are increasing. I just read an article right now uh, today that was actually 66.7% increase in phishing attacks. So hackers are going nuts right now just because it's pandemic and he wants to make sure companies are staying safe and staying secure. So you have any questions, you need any help, or you just want to, you know, bounce some ideas off, follow up with, with Sean and Usado's team. Uh, their email address is info at usado.com and their website is www.usado.com. So, hey, David, how's your day today? Very good. Thank you, Brandon, for asking. So, how are you doing through the, the pandemic? Well, it's uh, like everyone else. It's uh, just battening down the hatches and uh, mitigating any uh, any foreseeable risks, and then trying to assess the landscape to understand how to best uh, proceed in this uh, this new world that we're all facing. Which is kind of crazy, as you know. Like the businesses right now are completely changing, right? And for my industry, talking about cybersecurity, you know, we're looking at protection and something that you know I know you're into brand, brand development, helping companies look at you know developing their brand in the best of times. So now, you know, in these times with cyber crime going up and the pandemic, you know, what are some uh, some some brand you know risks and crimes that you're seeing right now in, in your kind of client base and your day to day? 
Um, well, the risks certainly are uh, one of remaining relevant. So ensuring your brand remains relevant in this okay. new environment. Um, and in a lot of cases, that's just driving awareness of the fact that your your businesses and brand is still in operation and that you are available to assist wherever possible. But of course, you know, we can't come across too strongly and it's not a sales call um, right. that we'd be making. It's more um, one of being a trusted advisor and okay. uh, check, just checking in with them to ensure that uh, everything is going as well as possible. Any challenges you may be able to assist them in, uh, in terms of providing some, some direction or insight on how to overcome a, an obstacle, for example. Okay. Um, and that's where you could add value, but certainly you're, you're not getting on the phone uh, to make a pitch. Right. So in this time, you're really kind of saying it's more supportive, right? Supportive type and educational. Absolutely. Yes. Now, now, you know, what are you seeing like, you know, different co companies right now doing to do that? Like I see like banners on, on companies' websites now saying, hey, we're doing the best for COVID-19 and they're going to have a little bit of a script. What else are you kind of seeing to help to educate their clients? Uh, yeah, well, definitely what their people or companies are doing is uh, explaining just very high level um, what it is they have to offer uh, quickly and how to assist with uh, challenges with, with COVID. But really putting um, kind of their um, position forward as a, um, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Corporate citizen. Okay. Right. Yep. So how they can best give back. In, in this very difficult time, right? Where where possible, obviously. I mean, it's not about you know opening up your your checkbook, but being able to add value and, and uh, make a difference uh, can be very simple, and it, it doesn't have to require a lot of time uh, or resources. Um, but that that's absolutely uh, critical, and you know we're seeing that uh, even from the big banks here in Canada and even the U.S. The J.P. Morgan's uh, CEO's letter to the shareholders said, you know, it's all about uh, are the other stakeholders right now, uh, profitability and the shareholders are going to have to take a bit of a back seat. Right. Uh, and we have to make sure we're doing all the right things uh, for our clients, um, for all the other folks within our, our ecosystem. Right. Uh, to make sure we get through this uh, and as, uh, as I guess, um, painlessly as possible. Okay. And okay. then when we get on out on the other end, uh, then we'll be in a position to get back to, to business as usual. Right now, it's about sustaining that that ecosystem overall as best we possibly can. Now, the challenge with that is, is you have to ensure it's great that it comes from the CEO. But then I think it was within 24 hours, there was a release of some audio tape from a supervisor telling his team at JP Morgan that if you're not coming to work, you better have a doctor's note. Okay. Right? You better be sick. Right. So not, you know, you, you may have people you have to care for at home. You may have other obligations. You may need to self-quarantine because you may suspect you may be sick or you live with someone who's highly susceptible. There could be many reasons, right? Um, but obviously, again, when, it's, when someone like that, when a company is coming forward, they have to make sure they're getting that communication out to all their stakeholders, including their employees and supervisors at all levels, and right. make sure that they're being measured on that and letting them know that it's absolutely imperative that they take that new direction uh, and that they won't be necessarily held to the, uh, their, the previous objectives pre COVID. Right. 
and that's congruency right through the whole business, right? Because like you said, yeah. if you you see top down approach is that the CEO, you know, C suite people are saying we're going to do this, and then lower management is saying, uh, uh-uh, uh, <laughs> no, we're not. There's right. a disconnect, and then with social media and the media right now, like you said, that can also now go out online, and then now there's a disconnect of you know what's the actual company doing. Exactly. Well, another one is is FedEx. You know, they've come very forward about you know how they are going to be that great corporate citizen throughout this. Um, but I have a friend with a business, and they got a call from their FedEx agent saying, you know, there's an invoice outstanding. You need to pay it. It's 60 days overdue. And they're like, well, we didn't see it. Send us the invoice. And they just came back and said, um, well, I'm working from home. I don't have access to those invoices. We're just cutting you off. Right. So now, so much for being the good corporate citizen, you know, you can't even provide an invoice that you claim was already sent. They haven't seen, they're willing to pay it. They just want an invoice. You can't provide it. And now you're going to cut them off. So they just have to find an alternative supplier. So it's that incongruency. Right. Uh, between what leadership, what the brand, say the marketers, that messaging that's getting out there and, and then what employees or other stakeholders from that ecosystem are actually doing, you know, when the rubber hits the road. So then that leads me to kind of my question about, you know, why are customers trust so important for brand equity and in brand relationship? Well, because it's, why it's so important is, is uh, one that human beings, uh, most relationships are based on some fundamentals. One of those is respect. Uh, the other is trust. And a brand in a lot of ways is a relationship. It's a relationship between individual and that brand, other organizations and that brand. Um, and it's absolutely critical in the foundation uh, to the success of that business. The other thing is trust is something that's not built overnight. Right. It takes years, sometimes decades to build that trust with your clients and sustain that high level of trust with them. Yet, unfortunately um, it can dissipate very quickly with a few um let's say uh, uh, examples of where that uh, trust would be, would be broken down in the relationship. And, and then it can take a lot more resources to, to build that trust up again. So it really is a situation uh, where, um, you know, a, a pound of cure is worth a, um, a pinch of, uh, of um, prevention. You really want to make sure that you're, you're putting your best foot forward at all times and, and that that's consistent with all your stakeholders. So let's talk about scalability in that sense. Cause I mean, you look at a, a small to mid-sized company, you know, we've all kind of worked with them where larger organization, organizations and corporations have a lot of dollars that they could spend if they make a mistake, whatever, they could put a lot of PR dollars to it. They can kind of re- recoup, but small to medium-sized companies, if they make a mistake, how do they recover from that if they don't have that big PR spend? Yeah, and, and that is a difficult challenge for them as well. Even in larger companies with the big PR spend, um, some things just can't be bought with money. Right, right? okay. So, uh, and I think trust and, and respect is is one of those things. I can get you short-term gratification and maybe, you know, um, calm the waters, if you will. Right. But it, it's, it's going to be still in the back of their mind and they're not going to forget it. So again, what's really important here is putting your best foot forward and ensuring that um, all the right things are, are done to prevent something like that happening in the first place, right? right. So uh, ensuring that uh, whatever the direction of the organization is, whatever that brand promise is, is very well known by each of the employees or agents of that brand. 
Okay. Uh, and that they're living, living that brand promise day in and day out. Right. And okay. so you need to drive awareness, education, training around that, and then also put incentive. You need to incentivize them to execute those behaviors accordingly. Right. So right. there needs to be consistency. And as you mentioned, congruency, um, within the organization and how people are measured with that organization versus um, that overall objective of maintaining trust and, and the respect of the brand. So now with that being said, there's, there's potential risk, right? When it comes to running a company and, and really managing your brand, because again, your brand is, you know, in this day and age is so important, especially with social media, who's really responsible for that risk. Is it the board of directors? Is it the C-suite? Like, who takes responsibility for that? Ultimately, um, it's the leadership team, the C-suite. Okay. It, it really starts with them. It, everything starts with uh, with the leaders of an organization. So they have to very clearly outstand, uh, define what the brand represents. You know, what are those brand promises? What are the reasons to believe? And ensuring that across all of their the functions within the organization and other stakeholders outside of the organization, are okay. aware of what those things are uh, and are measured um, on ensuring that they're living up to that promise and delivering on those reasons to believe. Okay. Now what's now again, looking at kind of small to midsize, what if they, they're, you know, they write this mission statement, they have all this, but they're not aligned. Like they're not living that brand. What, what are we yep. talking about in that sense, in that scenario? Well, and then you're going to find a breakdown and you're going to find uh, this incongruency disconnect between all the PR, all the marketing and everything else. And then and then what folks are actually experiencing when the rubber hits the road. Right. Uh, and then that that breaks down. If there is any trust to begin with, then that trust and that respect breaks down very quickly. Right. Right. So, again, it's very, very important uh, to ensure that. Uh, Again, the right processes are put in place, that everyone is empowered uh, with those processes, technology, and the resources in order to ensure that they can, again, deliver on that brand promise. So it certainly takes a lot of effort thinking. Um, you know, it's certainly one of those things where you're, you're going to cut three or you're going to measure three or four times before you cut. Right. Um, and, then, uh, and then it's follow through as well and making sure that folks are doing what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it. And I, and I think I wanted to point that out. And then it's, I mean, you're making so many great points is that you just don't be technically bought in. You really have to live it. You really have to you know, follow that, that mantra, that mission statement, whatever that the, the company, you know, focus is, you have to follow it because if you're not aligned and then all of a sudden now it breaks. And then with social media, if someone mm -hmm. sees that and posts it online on goes on a Twitter feud, right. And goes out or TikTok or LinkedIn or whatever, now there's a disconnect and now your, your brand could actually be affected. Right. Which then yeah, affects sales, you know, your business, you know, your, your clients, everything else. It can cer yeah, certainly go, uh, go viral and, and uh, get out there and um, it can be detrimental. Uh, absolutely. In, in the long run. And, and certainly it needs to be addressed and, and responded to if it does occur and it does occur. I mean, there are no, no one, no one or no organization is perfect. Right. Uh, but if that does happen, it's absolutely critical that you don't ignore it either right. and that you address it head on and, and mitigate that risk um, however you possibly can.
Now, is that something you do with the clients you work with is mentor them through both sides of it, of actually writing the policies, writing this, but actually how to implement it as well? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so helping them understand, um, again, first understand the the brand strategy, right. kind of where they want to play, how they want to win. You know, what does that brand uh, character look like? What does that brand equity look like? Uh, what are their points of differentiation, uh, points of parity first, just to, that so that they can be in the game. Right. Uh, they have the right to be in the game. And then the points of differentiation that are going to allow them to have a sustainable competitive advantage. Right. And certainly, as we mentioned before, uh, trust and, and respect in your brand is a highly coveted uh, sustainable competitive advantage. Okay. So yeah, working with the leadership team to understand what that looks like and then implementing it uh, across the leadership team and then also having those leaders uh, live that uh, with their teams as well, both on a uh, a team by team basis, but also when they're interacting with other teams within the organization or again, suppliers or clients or anyone else within the ecosystem, it has to be consistent in all the messaging and interactions. Now, an exercise like this, what are you looking at like timelines? Is this something that takes months, years? Uh, no, not year. Well, years in order to uh, to build that level of, and trust and respect uh, that you would like to have. But you know, if you're off to a great start and you have a great track record already with clients, you can build that equity um, just by leveraging those past stories through testimonials, case studies, and whatnot. A lot of the times when I work with the clients, I do a deep assessment of the landscape, and that includes a meeting with current clients, former clients, um, suppliers, and et cetera, to get an understanding of what that brand represents already. <clears throat> because in a lot of cases, there's a lot to work with there, and, and it's not like uh, everything has to be thrown out. The baby doesn't have to be thrown out with the, uh, the bathwater. Yeah. So understanding what those are, capturing them, articulating them, developing the messaging and the imagery and the symbolism around that, um, is all a lot of it, it comes from what already exists. Okay. Um, they just they just have to kind of uh, draw it out of the ecosystem, and right. then people will, that will resonate with people very quickly. Okay. Yeah, because you're in, in my I think it was John Maxwell is reading that he does like a three sixty review, you know, in his company of senior management, you know, you know colleagues at his level, and then you know em, employees and people that he manages to and customers just to kind of get a full feedback of what is going on in a company and along that line again suppliers all that because then you get a real good capture good picture of everything. It's not just one review one point. It's many right. points that gives up the story. Yeah, the the fourth and and final component, which is always ongoing of of my the overall program uh, that I, I train leadership teams on, is ensuring there is that 360 degree feedback loop. Okay. And employees, uh, customers, suppliers, they all have to feel comfortable and understand that there is that two way communication. Right. Um, that they are safe and 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 are not exposing themselves unnecessarily um, by providing uh, constructive feedback. And it, it could be negative, it could right. be positive, but they need to know that, that they can provide that, especially employees when they have to report back to uh, their leaders. Um, this again, as long as it's positioned in a constructive manner, you know, don't just come with the problem, also come with some suggestions as to how it can be solved, right? Um, that's absolutely critical and that has to be ingrained in the culture as well. It can't be a culture of fear. Has right. to be a culture of uh, opportunity 
and a culture of trust and respect as well. Now, do you work on actual management uh, coaching and mentoring as well to get them in that mindset and that, that frame of mind to be aligned with the brand and everything that's going on as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So um, I, again, I have uh, essentially a 12 week training program yeah. uh, and it's one, maybe two, one and a half days a week. Uh, working with all the different uh, leaders within the organization. Uh, and then after the training program, it's working with each of the leaders on a con- consultative basis. And yes, yeah, somewhat of a mentor basis right. to help them uh, live what it is that was developed uh, with the entire leadership team and ensure that everything is is moving uh, forward as um, um, effectively as possible okay. throughout, their, throughout their particular uh, function or team within that organization. And I think that's essential because, I mean, I've talked to and, and worked with different managers and having someone that they can uh, bounce off scenarios with, that mm-hmm. I had this one scenario, this is how I wanted to deal with it. You know, what's the best way to deal with this situation, scenario, whatever, and have someone that has experience like yourself in multiple areas to be able to go, here's the optimal way to do it. Here's a way you potentially could, here's some strategies. You know, what do you most feel comfortable with and have someone like yourself that can mentor them on how to implement that, not only just the, the management style, but how it's aligned with the company and the company brand and everything's all together. So having someone that understands the whole thing versus this is just management, you know, you read a management book or you did a business course and this is what it is and that's how you do it. I think now there's so many different facets to management, which like you're someone like yourself and experts bring you into it to make sure everything's aligned because it's not more like where you're the kind of the industrial age where you manage your staff, you go home, right? It's you manage your staff and now it can be depending on your experience with them. It could be on social media. It could be out there like, Oh, my boss is such a jerk. <laughs> he did this yeah. and this right now. And it's you're on Twitter and your pictures there and they have a meme of you and it just goes viral. Right? So, right. There's so much different kind of resources and feedback that could happen. So you want to make sure you're aligned in all different areas. Yeah. And like your brand, um, you know, each of these leaders also needs to develop a level of, of trust and respect with their teams uh, and also any of the other stakeholders that they have to interact with within that overall ecosystem. So, um, you know, it, it resonates very well not just on the, from a brand perspective, but also from a leadership perspective, an employee perspective. Right. Um, and all of that is very uh, conducive to, uh, you know, a very strong long-term sustainable competitive advantage. So wow. it really is in everybody's best interests um, to, yes, keep, keep things open, maintain a sense of curiosity, have a sense of abundance, right, as opposed to scarcity and right. fear. Right. And a lot of that can be, again, driven through um, thinking uh, outside the box. And not everyone likes that term, but thinking creatively and also um, have, just maintaining a, a sense of, of curiosity and exploration in okay. order to find those new opportunities. Because a lot of organizations, you know, they get very stuck in individuals. They get stuck in their day to day, meeting their day to day objectives. Um, and then. <clears throat> It really comes down to it can really drive folks into a mindset of scarcity right. and also fear, fear of missing their objective, fear of not making their boss happy, fear of upsetting the client. And then that really creates a lot of closed minded thinking 
okay. which just doesn't work very well in in the 21st century, at least in in um, in the business world today. So, what what's one tip that you would you would provide right now that, for the listeners to overcome that fear? Because I mean, everyone kind of gets into those states of you know, you're not meeting your quotas, you know, you have certain things, you're going to this senior management meeting, you know, you haven't met your deliverables and you're like, you're kind of a panic, right? What is one tip that you give them to help them kind of overcome that fear? Well, I think it's uh, having, giving themselves the opportunity uh, to um, have a mental break. So whatever that looks like, closing their office door, coming in an hour late, explaining with everyone why you're going to be an hour late um, and, and when you will be available. But give yourself that time to to reflect and really take a step back and okay. kind of look from down from 30,000 feet and understand from a self-respective standpoint what's working, what's not working now, right? Okay. What worked before in the past, what didn't work in the past, and what might uh, work better in the future, right? Okay. And, and allowing your mind to slow down, uh, to get out of that day-to-day execution mode, and and just think a little bit bigger, if you will, look at the bigger picture. Okay, that's good. That's a good tip. What about journaling? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm an avid note taker. I have my notepad <laughs> where wherever I go, um, no matter what it is I'm doing, if I have an idea, I, I jot it down. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, journaling and, and, uh, capturing thoughts in the moment, ideas in the moment, um, before they're fleeting. Cause again, we have so much bouncing around, uh, in between our two ears every day. Right. Uh, it's hard to parking lot things and then recall them later. Right. Um, especially as you're uh, getting older, like I am. So I find uh, it's very important to be able to write it down or make a, a voice recording on your phone, memo recording on your phone, whatever it is that's easiest for you. Right. Um, capture that. And then when you do have a time where things slow down, you can go back to that. And then that'll help you uh, think a little bit um, differently about things and give so, you some, some anchors. So I heard today, I was actually watching Tim Ferriss, uh, uh, who's the writer of the four hour work week and different books. And he's kind of his, you know, renowned person of built breaking down systems. Well, he was saying in, in his morning, he actually has this kind of small journal where he writes three points about success and kind of what's his, you know, his day is going to look like in the morning. And then at the night he writes down, what did he learn and what did he, you know, what was a challenge that he had and then what was he grateful for? And it's just five lines throughout the day that now gets some kind of, you know, learning and it could be stuff. And he was interesting. He was like, and he goes, he looks at the micro, not the macro. You know, I have a great relationship. No, my wife and I cooked a great dinner. Like that's the micro stuff because what happens is we miss those granule things where, like you said, if I had a great meeting and I I hit my numbers and I hit, you know, a hundred thousand dollars this quarter, you know, we missed that. I hit that hundred thousand dollars, but versus I have to hit a million dollars this year. Like, oh my, it's this big thing. Versus, you know what? I hit my, I did my my quarterly review and I got it. Like, right. missing those macro things. And I think as stress goes on, everything starts to pile on. If we don't, if we miss those ma- ma- micro things, mm-hmm. we don't really kind of give ourselves validation that we're working hard and we're achieving. It's just not we're achieving this big five year goal in in one month. <laughs> we're f- right. So I thought that I was know, a you definitely good need tip. small bite-size accomplishments and and celebrate those absolutely right. uh, and then practicing gratitude as well which you mentioned uh, right. I 
and to be very helpful as well. So, and that goes back to what is working. You know, what do you have to be grateful for right now? Um, because in today's day and age, we're, we're moving so quickly and it, it always seems to be what have you done for me lately type mentality in the world today right. um, that we really discount those things that we have to be grateful for. And we're always striving for more. And it's, uh, you know, once you've accomplished that, doesn't seem to be a lot of a uh, emotional bank account, uh, longstanding emotional bank account for those those successes or those things that we have to be grateful for. So he's bang on in terms of uh, identifying those things and, and writing them down. Yeah, and I think it's the the hard thing is that we go, we, we accomplish something and then we move on to the next thing right away immediately. Right. Like you yeah. said, versus taking that time, that few minutes to kind of, or even just, you know, half an hour in the morning to say, you know, oh my God, I'm grateful that I have a great job with the team that I work with. I'm grateful for, you know, it's an amazing sunny day and I get to go golfing, you know, with a couple of colleagues, like those micro things that often makes, you know, the week and everything else better. And you can start to realize that, yeah, your job is not that bad where a lot of people get into the, the macro where it's, oh, I've been in this career for five years. Oh, I, I just, I hate it. it's the same thing over and over again, but they don't realize they've done so much thing in that career. Right. And that as a manager and what they've accomplished, they maybe changed their department, you know, they've revamped it, you know, they've got, you know, even we're talking about branding, they've created a new brand, new brand equity, new, you know, platforms, whatever that may be, just right. being grateful for those things. So I, th I think it's important. And, and sharing that with your team. Yes. If you, if you are a leader, um, you, you know, you want to be strategic about it, but where it makes sense, yeah, definitely celebrate a success with your team and build on that success, success build some momentum uh, with your team and, and then also being uh, grateful uh, for individuals uh, when they've gone above and beyond to right. that led to that success. Right. Right. And that, that feedback, which is good. Cause I mean, again, it keeps them excited and motivated too. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now going back to like kind of this COVID-19, I know I was in a lot of conversations today about kind of, you know, risk and, you know, mitigation and all that. You know, what can be done in this right now, what we're going through to mitigate kind of my brand and, and any risk that I'd have, you know, where are some tips some strategies that you have that could help, you know, myself or some business owners that are out there? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, with, with any, with any brand, um, you know, it's, it's absolutely critical that the, uh, the balance sheet and the income statement behind that brand is, is intact. Right. So it's, uh, about again bat battening down the hatches and make making sure that uh, everything is in in balance in terms of cash flow and expenses and meeting your revenues because uh, and and tapping into the programs that are available courtesy of the the federal government and the provincial government uh, to help organizations small businesses and large businesses get through uh, this particular uh, unprecedented uh, challenge that we're all facing now today. And, and for how long it, we're very uncertain as well. Right. So I think it's very important to, to get things your own house in order very quickly. And as a leadership team, understand what your key priorities are. Okay. Again, tying back to that brand promise and ensuring you're able to deliver on those things. Uh, and then making sure you're taking care of all the stakeholders, uh, including your employees and clients and suppliers as best you can. Right. while also maintaining the sustainability of your organization as we go through this unprecedentedly difficult economic challenge. Right. Right. So that's, that's where it would start. And, and uh, hopefully given where we are now, and there's been enough time for most people to uh, understand what programs are available out there, understand 
um, you know, where they can get some flexibility from their suppliers or where they can uh, draw on some some clients to get them to bring up their uh, their account their uh, accounts payables with you, uh, get them current to help with cash flow. Wherever that those things are possible, you want to ask those questions and don't be afraid to ask those questions. If you don't okay. ask, you don't get right? right. So getting that in order, making sure that you're you're in as strong a position as possible right. uh, from a financial standpoint. Because again, that's what makes the world go round, and, um, and just you don't want to lose sight of that. And that would be the key, key responsibility working with all the other stakeholders, but of this the uh, the controller or the CFO or the VP of finance, whatever the case may be. Um, that would be something they would lead with everyone else uh, contributing. So that okay. would be number one. Um, marketing and and sales folks uh, again reach getting out to customers and clients with that new messaging of, you know, brand corporate citizenship, letting them know that, uh, um, you know, you haven't disappeared and right. that you're still in business and there to help them if, where, if and where necessary and provide a few ideas as to how you may be able to, to assist them because they may never have thought of it. Okay. Right. And then with employees, understanding, uh, who you need to to keep on and and then if there are folks that you uh, do need to lay off why not make sure that you're taking them through that process with complete transparency uh transparency mm -hmm. and letting them know up front what programs are available to, uh, from the the canadian government whether it's the serb uh, or ei or whatever the case may be to assist them in getting through this this challenge as well Right. You don't want to just say, uh, you know, you're laid off. Here's your uh, record of employment. Uh, if we need you again, we'll call you. Right. Um, you, you need to treat them again with with respect uh, and and with a certain level of trust. And hence comes the uh, the transparency. Right. And the the challenge with that is if they don't, I mean, this is you know, knock on wood, it's going to eventually be over, right? Mm -hmm. Very soon. Now you have to ramp your staff back up. You don't want to kind of burn the bridges that. Well, no, you let me go this way. I'm going to go work with the other company, my competitor, because they're hiring back and they're actually more, they were more respectful of their employees. So I think okay. that's, a, that's a good key point because this will be over and you want to make sure that you can, you know, retain your staff and get back up going as quickly as possible. Right, right. And again, I think uh, the CEO of JP Morgan, although his letter to the shareholders is a little bit long and drawn out, it could have probably been shortened to maybe a page, page and a half. But I understand he has a lot of stakeholders to cover off in that letter. Um, certainly for a small organization, you know, looking at that as a, a structure and an approach, I think could would be would be quite helpful because uh, they really talk about um, assisting all the stakeholders and letting the shareholders know that in the interim, you know, profitability will be taking a bit of a, a bad seat. Right. Now, being completely upfront about that is, is critical as well. For sure. Now, with, with mid-sized companies, is that something that you assist them with? You know, because I know a lot of them are looking for guidance on what do we do, right? Yeah. In, oh, guidance and then also preparing those internal and external communications. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that, I think that's important, especially when you know you got small to mid-sized business that have grown almost kind of you know grassroots, and now this happens. I'm like, what do we do? You know, we have moral rights and then and thoughts of okay, what we should do, but having someone that can kind of set up the systems and processes and make sure everything's you know kind of checked off because there might be some things they're missing, right? Where you can Absolutely. kind of see the whole picture. Right, right, and yeah, it's about asking good questions mm -hmm. uh, and just helping people. Um, 
think about uh, you know those things that they may not have thought about. So they're you know, blind spots, for example. Yeah, and I think it's from like years of experience of you being you know in different corporations and different business and working with different companies of different sizes, you've kind yeah. of seen what works, what does, and what needs to be, and what's the frameworks. Where if it was my business and uh, now. What do I do with my manufacturing? What do I do with this? What do I do with that? Oh my God, oh my God. Okay, we have to lay people off. It's always putting out these fires versus having someone that's planning it out, right? Right, yeah. And looking at it uh, very strategically and, and uh, methodically. Yeah. And you know, making sure that everything has some order to it and, and some processes, which is absolutely uh, critical. And, and making sure when, the, yeah, when, when it's executed, it, it looks like, again, it's been executed from... Uh, with thought right right and like you said they're they're thinking not just of the the bottom the the bottom line the, the profitability they're actually thinking about long term of all different aspects of the company you know the the whole you know as you say stakeholders of employees right across the board from the guy that's doing the janitorial work up to you know the c-suite and then all the clients it has to have look at that 365 degree process when you're planning this out not okay we just got to cut costs Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because everyone's going to, to be looking to leadership for uh, a source of, of strength and, and direction, right? right. And, and leadership, right? Ultimately, right. So when things get tough, you know, that's when uh, the tough need to get going. And, and that's when folks really are highly dependent on their leadership teams, right. whether it be government leadership, corporate leadership, um, whatever the case may be, it, they're that much more dependent on that. For guidance for sure for sure and that, that that's the opportunity to truly live that that brand promise right and to build on that brand brand equity so right. this is yeah not going to help the bottom line but uh certainly the opportunity here to to really build on that brand trust the trust and respect for your brand is huge right right um not good for the bottom line just like you know running a huge uh, promotion and trying to steal share from your competition is not good for the bottom line either. But typically that doesn't help the brand. It, right. In some cases it cheapens the brand and hurts the bottom line. In a situation like this, if it's approached properly, you can definitely build on that trust and respect for your brand right. um, with at the same or if, if not less impact to your overall profitability, certainly in the long run. Right, for sure. And do you do you have any recommended strategies for that? Like anything that you would say, you know, offhand, if you did this, this, and this, and I'm I'm even thinking for restaurants. A lot of restaurants now are doing kind of more free meals or you know different services where they're helping their local community where maybe they can't get food. The older population, you know, some of the homeless, they're actually making food, and they're doing it out of out of you know, kind of looking, you know, like you said, being a Trontonian, looking after the city versus you know this is a as marketing. You know, gimmick. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you hear. Uh, I think it was announced today. To Honda's uh, making available uh, their vehicles in order to transport um, COVID patients, right. like almost like a make uh, an improv ambulance to uh, transport those COVID uh, patients where necessary. Uh, an example in Hamilton, for example, the Sheridan, which is currently not servicing um, customers like it normally would, are opening uh, many of their floors for, uh, they're opening up, I think, a, over 1,100 beds for um, non-COVID patients oh, wow. um, rooms to for the uh, Hamilton Health Sciences 
in order to service the uh, the rapidly expanding um, client base that they're having due to this pandemic. Right. So again, those are two examples there where a brand has something available um, that is it's the resource that's not being used otherwise uh, to assist in getting through this this pandemic. And uh, again, really stepping forward as a, as a corporate uh, corporate citizen. Right. So ultimately, the leadership team, when they get together, they need to understand what it is that they have available to them as a resource uh, that's currently not being utilized um, and what could then be offered up to the community in order for it to be utilized at, in some cases, minimal or, or no incremental cost. Which is awesome. I mean, when you think of it, when people can do that, right, it helps the people that are maybe less fortunate that don't have access to certain amenities, food, anything along that line, you know, just kind of helps us in all this pandemic and the stress that everyone's going through. Absolutely. Yeah. And I did hear of some examples of airlines um, starting to use the cargo sections of their passenger planes to uh, transport uh, different things that uh, are necessary to assist with the pandemic as well. Right. So again, that's an opportunity, again, an I, situation where there's an asset that's not being utilized. Yes, there's there's fuel costs and whatnot, but uh, relatively, uh, and pilot costs, et cetera, but relatively uh, insignificant, um, especially when they know that they're going to be getting a lot of support from the government in terms of uh, grants and et cetera. So again, giving back to, to the community. Right. Yeah, I know someone was telling me just recently they were trying to fly uh, I guess it was across Canada and they were saying, you know, there's a lot of restrictions in that, in that sense. But even when they got on the plane and they were flying, right, I think they were going to a funeral. Uh, the plane was almost empty. They said it was literally like kind of flying their own pri private jet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, I guess that would be uh, more of a uh, humanitarian uh, flight and allowing those people to get where they need to go to uh, observe uh, the loss of a loved one. Yeah, and they're very fortunate they can do that. Um, you know, there's some some countries that are so overrun with uh, um, mortality that uh, they can't even, uh, and with all the risks of not practicing social distancing, they're unable to even have funerals. So yeah, which huge... which is sad. I mean, we're seeing kind of on the both side when you look at people passing, but you also look on on the life side where you know people or you know some people had marriages and weddings, you know. Uh, schedule that now have to be postponed or canceled or you know just the immediate family maybe a couple people are there so you know and they spent you know as we know with weddings and all you spend tens of thousands if not you know even more money on a wedding expecting all the family and everyone to be there and <laughs> you can only have this small group yeah no it is challenging but ultimately again coming back to uh, practicing gratitude mm -hmm. um, for all of us who are healthy uh, i know we should be grateful that we are healthy and that we live like you and I live in a first world country where we have world-class healthcare available mm -hmm. to us and where we can kind of batten down the hatches and not be concerned about where our next meal is coming from. Unlike, uh, you know, a billion other people on this planet. So that certainly helps uh, provide some perspective as well as we, uh, we get through this challenge and we will get through it and we will come out on the other side uh, a lot stronger. And right. uh, I think, challenges like this we're, we're going to see uh, not just brands but companies and governments and politicians and corporate leaders um, this is an opportunity for them them to shine 
uh, right. and really make a difference and uh, and to build on again that trust and respect in in each and every one of those uh, those brands because they they are all brands whether it's a person or a business or a government or whatever the case may be there's a brand associated with it so um, this right. is an opportunity to to really build on on that trust and respect for the brand for sure for sure yeah it's, i think it's so important right now we're seeing like almost like a light shine on all the companies and everything around just to see how we're going to deal with a stressful situation and, and who comes out of it you know and who comes out of it ethically and morally and you know and not just kind of like crumble under the stress and under the situation right where you're seeing people and companies you know stand up right and really kind of show what what their values are absolutely yep and, and it's no better time to do that so now are you finding uh, any of your companies that are having security risk or challenges through the these uh covid p pandemic are you kind of hearing it from your clients they're kind of locking things down having any issues um not not particularly like i haven't heard that there's been a huge spike in ransomware for example or whatever the case be i, I do know obviously uh, a lot of people are now working remotely from home mm -hmm. so there there are new access points where um black hats can access uh, corporate servers government servers whatever the case may be through uh, a uh, less than secure remote access point and there are a lot more of those now, obviously, with everyone working from home. So uh, I'm, I'm not, I haven't heard any stories, but I would suspect you'd probably know better that uh, that that certainly would be a uh, certainly a, a a weakness, a point of uh, uh, vulnerability uh, for IT right. and and corporate IT, government IT, even um, uh, personal personal IT for that matter. I had this week, I think it was on Monday, I actually saw a dark web report and they were showing that, I guess it was the start of February, that the increase of accounts, privileged accounts that were on the dark web now increased drastically, right? Where people like, or admins, you know, C-suite type people, directors, kind of that role, you start right. to see this huge increase because... I think what we're finding is that they're going out online to forms, uh, different areas and signing up, trying to get information and they're entering in their first name, last name, email address. And some of these forms are asking for passwords and they're using their company password because it's something they remember, right? Because they go oh, across okay. all platforms and all of a sudden right. now they're compromised and watching this dark, uh, dark web report, I was like, oh my God, like you can start seeing company name, company name, company name, company name. And it wasn't the point where it's like uh, John Doe at gmail.com. It was John right. Doe at company X.com. Right? Oh, wow. So you can literally go. And if you did a search on their profile, you could probably find them on LinkedIn and link it right back to that company. And then now you have an access point and you know, they, they have privileges and you can go right in. So I'm seeing that side, just even just that teaser, of right. now the escalation when it comes to cybersecurity because again you look at some of the concerns that you know we've been talking to different companies about are you know the landscape and the the actual attack service now like you said it's people are using their home computers so you don't have you don't have endpoint protection you don't have like you know an updated antivirus or anti-malware potentially their windows or even mac might be out of date right, right. and then, yep. and then you yep. have a, a lot of people using those systems it's not like it's you know, mom's only computer 
mom right. and the kids use it and dad uses it and this person uses it. So now you have so many people on it doing different things from social media to playing games, whatever, across the board. So, right. so yeah. a lot of security challenges. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could definitely, uh, definitely see that. And, um, yeah, I know a lot of uh, businesses are are having uh, challenges with that because even with their business continuity plans that they had in place, like even the big banks here in Canada, for example, they had business continuity plans in place, but they were satellite offices where right. everyone go and work in the satellite office, right? Well, no one foresaw this black swan where it was essentially, no, they can't even work together in a satellite office. They all have to go to their own homes and, and self-quarantine and self-isolate. So. Right. Very few people saw that coming, if any, and uh, so it, it certainly put a real strain on uh, on all um, the existing infrastructure and, and businesses in place to help facilitate that that work from home uh, scenario. For sure. Now, do you see security being something that helps to kind of lever the and build the brand equity? Absolutely. Uh, in order for a brand to be trusted, um, it also has to you know, demonstrate that uh, it can be trusted and uh, with sensitive information okay. and proprietary information um, and that it is being held and uh, protected in a secure way. And if, if it turns out to not be the case, then you can have some serious issues. Um, right. For example, uh, Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. Just recently, they've, they've had some challenges in, in that space uh, and it was uh, picked up on and and reported and you know but they again full transparency the ceo came right out and apologized and said you know we lost our way we missed a step and we 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 will get uh, we will correct this and and we will uh, do a better job right so i think he, he did a great job getting getting ahead of that but that's just a perfect example right. of where a lack of security uh can damage uh, a brand private and that's also privacy that's not just security but also privacy as well um, but both um, maintaining someone's security and their privacy is a big part of trust in a relationship right right and a brand is equally responsible for that as is just as a person would be in any right. relationship. yeah and i think it's important to to recognize for the people who are watching this that you got like what they call as PII is personal identifiable information. And then you got PCI compliance that people are taking, you know, credit card information or payments. So these, right. all, all these compliance things that you have to think about, especially now when people are not having this, you know, office or store you go into and they're taking payments online, have they done their due diligence to make sure that everything is now secure, right? That right. the data is secure, that the, you know, their e-commerce solution is secure, because now they have a flow of traffic going a different way that might not normally be the case. You know, they might've had this retail store, but now you have, you know, say 60, 70% are going actually into a retail store and maybe 30 to 20% maybe is it, you know, online. Now that completely switched over, right? right? Where majority of your clients now are shopping online if they're still shopping, but now is it, you know, is your data encrypted? Is it is stored properly? Is it doing all that? You're meeting these compliance online because some people were just saying it's just a small percentage. I have it up to a certain point. Well, now it's the main point of your business. Something they really have to look at right now. Right. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Because of the way that the way they're uh, commercializing it, what it is they're doing. Yeah. yeah. And if it's being online and to a much greater extent, then yeah, there's there's just a much greater risk associated with that. Absolutely. 
right? And I think it's that pandemic has really kind of pushed people to that direction now. And what I'm seeing on the security side is that we're seeing that people are for, were forced almost overnight to change. It wasn't this slow progression and maybe they were thinking about it. It was right. literally like turning on a light switch that, oh my God, we have to do this now. Mm-hmm. Right? So as, as you know, sometimes things get lost in, in transitions and in uh, deployment, right? Just because we have to get it up now, 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 go, go, go. Right. So, and even though they have done that, uh, and that's fine, sometimes, you know, you have to ensure that, that that's done in, in an emergency situation, but they now need to ensure that they're backfilling and right. reviewing all those vulnerabilities and putting plans in place to shore them up uh, right. as quickly as possible. Um, yeah, sometimes that's just absolutely critical in an emergency situation. You've got to, you know, pick the uh, the least uh, disruptive uh, path forward. And sometimes you can't dot all your I's and cross all your T's. But it's absolutely critical that that you backfill and you go back and you you um, address all of those things proactively. For sure, no, Even I agree. Do it out of the gates. Right, like you said, sometimes it's just you know the path of least resistance. You got to get up. You got to get going. And then, like you said, get the team in and kind of review it. Like, so I, I totally agree to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now, it's never too late. It's never too late. Yeah, I don't agreed. You know, just to make sure you don't. Or leave. until, unless something happens, and then it might. Be <laughs> well, that's just say don't leave it too long. Yeah, right? because yeah, yeah, don't uh, don't take the fatalistic approach. Well, we haven't done it yet, so no per, no no point in doing it now. No, yeah. there's every every point in in doing it. Right. And that's the thing, like you said, I mean, get up, get going, get profitable, kind of get your systems up. But then as soon as you are, you know, kind of status quo and you're going, that's now with the time to kind of have the war room now evaluate, okay, we're up, we're going, what do we need to look at? You know, what's kind of going on and then go through it. And then, I mean, I I know for our company, we're doing uh, breach breach planning, uh, breach assessments, we're doing vulnerability assessment, gap assessments. We're looking at all these different areas where people need to look at just because we got up, now what, right? Okay, so let's look at all these areas. And and the simplest things that we when you look at like policies, some people have got up, they've got the technology, they've done that, but they don't have a business impact analysis. They don't have the continuity plan. They haven't done their uh, acceptable use policy. They haven't done all that because well, it was mostly for their in-house team and, you know, they had your kind of your sales team or some people that are remote, but now all your clients or all your employees are remote. Now what? You know, have they been trained, signed off and validate that they're not allowed to go to certain sites while working while that? Like there's these little things that you just don't think about that they're on now their own own personal computer. What do you restrict? How do you do that? Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does... uh does create some challenges then also um when, as people are now working remotely they also need to in in some cases be provided with some more autonomy in order to make uh critical decisions with clients or suppliers or whatever the case may be um and not have to because they can't just top tap their associate or walk over to their manager and ask a question so um you know, there has to be a little bit more uh, direction provided to those on the front lines in order to uh, to be able to make those those critical decisions in a timely manner. For sure, and I think that's important now because you got to trust in the training and everything you've you've done up to that point that your staff will follow through. Right, and and then of course ensure that you're me- measuring them and incentivizing them uh, to do that. Right. Okay. 
because then they'll truly believe that, uh, yeah, okay, this is what, you know, my leadership wants us to do because they're measuring on us, they're incentivizing us on it. They're, you know, this isn't just a bunch of uh, puffery. Right? right. This is the real deal. Right. And it could potentially be the new business, right? We don't know yep. if this is going to change how a lot of companies do business going forward. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's and that's the other thing in, in this situation. That three you mentioned earlier, the 360 degree feedback loop, absolutely essential now because the environment is changing so quickly and we don't know what we don't know. And you've got all of those touch points, all those brand ambassadors out there um, gaining new insights day in and day out. And you want to make sure you have a process in place that allows those insights to be funneled back into the organization uh, in a, uh, in a trusting, you know, respectful, safe, safe manner so that people feel like they're being heard. Um, And, you know, you're not going to act on everything. Of course, um, you know, you're going to look for themes and trends and then steer your organization that way. Um, but if you're not picking up those data points, if you will, from all your brand ambassadors across your entire ecosystem, you're going to be at a very at a huge disadvantage. Right. So now going forward, I mean, we're still kind of, you know, deep in the pandemic. What are some recommendations you're giving right now for companies to kind of think about, look at and kind of what to do going forward? Yeah. So again, if they've if gone through the processes I mentioned of batten, battening down the hatches, understanding their their cash flow situation, their balance sheet, income statement, they've you know got their clients in in a, a sustained format where they're able to um, uh, they put out any fires and can start working properly. That's great. Making sure that their employees are all in a good place and understand how the organization is moving forward. That's when again the uh, leadership team. Uh, can come together and start working on uh, understanding again what worked in the past, uh, what's working now, getting that feedback, right? Because what's working now could be a very key indicator as to how they have to pivot moving forward in the future, right? Right. Uh, And then they can start thinking about what might work in the future uh, from the eyes of all of their stakeholders within within the ecosystem. Okay. Because ultimately, if they're just looking at what's in it for them, then, then that's not going to work. So they need to understand what's in it for the organization, uh, what's in it for their clients, what's in it for their suppliers, what's in it for their employees, uh, what's in it for the shareholders, all of those things and what their expectations might be um, so that they can take a holistic approach to this. Um, but it, it's going to require a lot of uh, good data and insights from all their brand ambassadors right. uh, and a real mindset uh, to be uh, curious. Again, I come back to, to being curious and, and thinking, thinking forward uh, in terms of a, an abundance mindset okay. as opposed to a scarcity mindset. Because right now we're in a scarcity mindset and that's fine. Right. Um, but yes, we will come out of this and we're all going to come out of our homes and get back in our cars and go back to work and the kids are going to go back to school and we'll be back doing a lot of the things the same way we did before. And then a lot of things will be done differently as well. So understanding uh, what those things are and and then how um, your organization can best pivot to to meet what that, that new uh, environment looks like uh, is absolutely critical. And the the earlier you start in that process, the better. Okay. So now for, you made a comment that I think is kind of key for people to hear again, is that you're talking about tracking. So you, you want people to, and you recommend people to track kind of 
their changes, their progress, what's going on in this time as well, to kind of get a snapshot of, you know, when it started kind of in a benchmark to now, you know, maybe as you start to pick up and now the pandemic goes down to kind of get a window to see, you know, what happened in this incident. Was it, was that correct? Yeah. And, and you'll have to see what happened and, and there'll probably be different phases to, to how you pivot uh, into the new, this new world. Right. Right. So it's not just going to all happen in a, like the flip of a switch. Right. There will be there'll be different phases uh, that will be uh, required, and it, those phases will be dependent on the priorities of the organization and all the stakeholders within that organization for a long-term, sustainable, competitive advantage moving forward. Right. Yeah, because I think those analytical points, those data points that you're talking about, I think is essential because they really can get a really good snapshot of if they have to run lean. What does that really mean for the company long term, right? Mm-hmm. Were, they, were they running a lot, a lot more, I guess, you know, they had a lot more expenses that they needed. And now since, you know, this pandemic really kind of shined a light on, you know what, maybe we didn't need to have such a big overhead. We didn't need to have five floors of a building. Maybe we only needed two, right? right. You know, kind of things like that where I think we're going to see out of this kind of, you know, this pandemic as a benefit, companies are going to look at how they can be more efficient with their costs and their spending, right? And then see that, you know, we could have more of a stronger work from home workforce, right? Because right. we, we ran great. We did all that and the overheads, you know, lower. And then now we can be more profitable and do more things with, you know, with the business. Sure. Or, or yeah, even uh, a more decentralized workforce as right. well. So a lot more people working out in the field and not necessarily having to be chained to their desk nine to five, right? Uh, or whatever the case may be. So yeah, this will uh, push organizations definitely into a place where you know they're gonna have to find new ways to measure their employees' performance. And, and it won't necessarily be from you know looking over their shoulder and and you know working with them face to face day in and day out. Right. Really force them to focus more on uh, results, um, and as opposed to the day-to-day behaviors, it's the overall behaviors and strategies that the employees are bringing forward to deliver on their objectives. For sure. Well, David, that's amazing. Thank you so much for all the information. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, well, you can reach me uh, via email at uh, dstit at business strategies. Sorry, business strategy expert. I know that's uh, that's long, but again, D Stitt S T I T T at Business Strategy dot expert, okay. or you can reach me uh, by phone at nine zero five five one zero seven eight zero six. If I'm not available to pick up, please leave a message. Uh, it's confidential and and private, so uh, and I'll return your call at my earliest uh, convenience. Perfect. I mean, I think one thing I want to kind of add into that is that, you know, your expertise, kind of your knowledge, your experience in the industry, helping small to mid-sized companies is essential for companies now to tap into. Because again, it's good to have an outside party come in and say, you know, what are you doing to validate kind of your strategies to, you know, bounce ideas off of, even like you said, looking at management training and things that you can do right now to even be better you know, at your business when this comes out, like there's so many different things, marketing plans, marketing strategy, brand, brand equity, all those things you can help them with now while there's a little bit of a slow period or there's transition, that's the best time to actually have Absolutely. some come in to help. Absolutely. And it, cause people will, once again, everything's somewhat calm. Um, once the, again, 
I keep using the analogy of the uh, the hatch is being uh, battened down. Once that is in place and there's a sense of calm and, and people can start thinking a little more proactively, that's the best time to bring in. Uh, and it also works out very well that um, uh, the federal government and provincial government have a subsidy uh, program that was in place before COVID. Um, and uh, small organizations that qualify, uh, typically under 50 employees, and a certain size in terms of uh, annual revenue uh, can qualify uh, for um, the governments uh, to pay five-sixths of uh, the training costs. And uh, that budget opened up April 1st, and it's a first-come, first-served basis. So right. the timing is almost uh, impeccable in that sense, and, and that that funding is still available for, right. for small businesses that qualify. And I can help the organizations uh, navigate through that uh, application process right. and make that as turnkey as possible for them. So again, in terms of uh, value, um, now is a great time. Uh, well, first of all, you're going to have the opportunity to start thinking proactively and what better time than when the environment in which your company is working is is uh, changing so dramatically? Uh, and then again, the uh, the federal and Ontario government are subsidizing that uh, that as well. So right. yeah, they've approved my training program, and uh, it's again a fairly turnkey process, uh, which I can assist uh, my clients through. That's that's perfect. Funds. And I think just to kind of leave off, I think I just want to remind people that. You know, a lot of companies and a lot of successful people became successful, grew their success in the harder times, right? That's when they made the changes, they made the transitions, they did things that, you know, when it was hard, when it was tough, when things were, you know, very lean, they made the decisions, they made the changes, they made the pivots, and then all of a sudden their success just went through the roof. And these are the times when you can make those changes and you can get help and you can get people in, like, like yourself, David, to come out and just kind of talk to them and give them strategies and work through things. Right, right. And also in yourself from a, uh, an IT security strategy standpoint, right, making sure that uh, they're mitigating the risks and, and taking advantage of all the opportunities that uh, um, IT security uh, can deliver for their organization. Yeah, and it's important, like on that side, and I just want to, you know, you guys that are listening, is that have a company come in and just give you a kind of a quick evaluation of what's going on because a lot of companies have changed quickly and pivoted fast and sometimes it leaves gaps it leaves holes right and things that you know you might be thinking about okay let's think about that later and later it might be too late and because now you've been breached or compromised i know uh just a quick you know uh story about this is i know one company that we talked to uh about a week two weeks ago the people that compromised them were in the system six months prior. So they're oh. they already in, they're navigating around, going through. And then when we did a forensics investigation, we found out they were actually been in for six months. It wasn't that one incident where some people think, oh, it just happened now. Actually, no, it happened months ago. This, the actual incident, the impact happened now. Sure. Right? Yeah. So. yeah. Things to think about, right? Because right now when your your workforce is scattered, this is times when you're very vulnerable. Yeah, and and like you said, they could already have access to your systems. They just haven't pulled the trigger or they're doing things that you haven't picked up on yet. Um, and then the time will come where they may pull the trigger on a uh, catastrophic ransomware event, for example. And then it's it's too late. So yeah, if you can come in and assess their systems and, and identify those uh, uh, risks 
proactively before the black hats pull that trigger, then uh, yeah, they'll be much better off. For sure. Totally agree. So guys, just to let you know, I'm going to have David's information in the description below. So if you're listening to or watching it, you can go. I'll actually have his email address and his contact information below. So if you have any questions, please reach out to him, especially uh, business related, marketing related, brand you know, related, anything along that line. Take the opportunity right now while you're kind of building, while you're changing, while you're transitioning, take the opportunity now to just even have a, just a quick chat with him just to say, look, this is what we're doing. What do you think? So David, thank you so much for your time. It was really helpful, especially with this pandemic going on to get your expertise on what people should be looking at, especially on the business and marketing side. Well, thank you, Brandon. It was my pleasure and I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about this as well. Awesome. I look so forward to talking to you again. Oh, for sure. And like, we'll keep in touch. And like, again, uh, as soon as this is over, we'll have another kind of catch up meeting and, and, and sure. on the podcast just to kind of say, okay, so now we're through it. What's next? What should we be doing? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thank awesome. you, sir. Oh, you're welcome. Now guys, just don't forget software's hackle being connected is vulnerable. I'll see you next daily cyber podcast. <laughs>